It's the Simple Cocktails Podcast. I'm Greg Mays, and today we have a special episode for you. This is Season 3, Episode 5, and we talk to Greg Item, who is the head distiller of Sugarlands Distilling. Let's get started. Tell us about moonshine in general. Well, there's really no legal definition for moonshine. Okay. Maybe the unofficial definition would be something that you're that's not being uh, not paying taxes on. I guess would be the best way to say it. Okay. So we're basically replicating, you know, exactly what is done, you know, illegally. Where they're not paying taxes out in the woods, and we, you know, we've replicated that and uh, worked closely with the various moonshiners to to get to that point to really kind of learn some of that craft and. And we're just reproducing it, and we're able to do it legally because we're paying taxes. <laughs> That's the kicker right there is you guys have to pay taxes, unlike the olden days, I guess, huh? At the end of the day, the government wants their money. That's right. You mentioned something about uh, working with other moonshiners. You guys have moonshiners on your label. What's the story behind that? How did you think to do something like that? That's a good question. We had worked with some local moonshiners, you know, people that – I've um, been doing this a long time. Uh, originally, just getting some of their their story, their background, you know, learning some of the craft art, I guess, of it. And we, you know, kind of looking at the future and the science and things that, you know, we can kind of bring to the table, but really trying to get a good feel for the, the art and history. And one of our owners is a is a friend of somebody that was friends with Mark Rogers and they put us in touch and it wasn't something that we were even looking for uh, initially. In fact, we were trying to figure out how do we even work it into our, our brand, our theming without it changing kind of our identity and who we were and stuff. And really ended up being a great partnership. Mark Rogers was, uh, you know, amazing to work with and uh, him coming into the distillery and playing around with stuff and, um, I'm sorry, I said Mark Rogers, but actually it was Jim Tom Hedrick that was originally uh, the one we worked with. And, of course, he's known for his rye whiskey. Right. And so we actually got that going before before we opened, just barely before we opened. And uh, so we launched that, but we worked real close with him. And then, um, of course, you know, all those moonshiners know each other really well. And so then Mark Rogers came along right after that, and uh, we worked on his developing his peach for probably about a year. Wow. Um, but so having that kind of close relationship with some of these guys that are really icons, you know, and when it comes to moonshine or that was really, it was fun and it, it allowed us to just to learn a lot as well. That's really cool. I mean, that, that's something that makes, you know, when you take something kind of a relatively new product, like kind of legal moonshine, I suppose, when you take that, but then you add this authenticity to it of having these actual moonshiners, you know, participating in the process. That's pretty awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely adds uh, authenticity to it, without a doubt. Tell me about Sugarlands. Tell me about the history. How did you guys get the idea to start making moonshine? Well, uh, really kind of going back to the start, I guess it started back when um, uh, my best friend graduated college, uh, Ned Vickers, and I bought him a homebrewer's kit. And so we started brewing beer together for years, and... Uh, at some point, a real good friend of mine I played soccer with was a, a master brewer, had won gold medals at the World uh, Beer Festivals, and um, started brewing with him and really learning more of the science and you know what was really going on there. That took us down the path of brewing beer, and then uh, I'm an engineer, he's an engineer, and 
you know, leads to curiosity. You start playing around with, you know, well, what happens if you, you know, you distill this and you play around with that a little bit. And anyway, he's a brilliant guy, entrepreneur. Uh, he's got a law degree, a mechanical engineering degree, an international business degree, a lot of degrees, but he, he's, he's applied that as an entrepreneur and he developed a lot of businesses. And I was a civil engineer and I was getting a little tired of the, the industry and the direction it was going in. So I was looking to do something different. And so we'd been talking for a while and just really hadn't found the right uh, thing for me to get into with him. And we were, uh, he was developing a Walgreens in Gallenberg and ended up getting control of this piece of property, you know, beautiful piece of property. And we were talking about what to do on it. And he, you know, he had some plans for there and uh, some of those things fell through. And one day he called me up and he said, what do you think about opening a distillery? And we'd talked maybe about a brewery, but really hadn't talked about, you know, a distillery. So wow. we said, um, man, that looks, looks like the timing could be really perfect for that. The way that the brewing industry has just boomed. Uh, and then the distilling industry was in its infancy with the laws that had changed here in the state. Mm -hmm. Uh, we thought, you know, this could be the right time. So we started really looking into it uh, a lot deeper and pretty much we went to a distilling course up in Chicago. Koval School, and it was like a two, three-day course up there and really looked at the business aspects of it, marketing, branding, a lot of those things. And pretty much on the drive back, we put together the, the basis of the business plan. And he's um, Ned's a master at putting people together and getting the right people and, um, and then getting the funding, uh, the investors. And he got it all going, and that's pretty much the start of it. Wow, that's awesome. When when was that? This would have been back in, that's a good question, what are we, 2017 now. We opened in uh, 14, so it was probably 2012 when we started. Okay, so you mentioned the distillery itself, uh, the beautiful piece of property. That's that's a big thing you guys have going. I mean, that's a kind of an important part of Sugarlands is is coming to visit and that's something we've been talking about a little on the podcast as well is just you know this this kind of beautiful like tourist attraction tell tell us a little bit more about what the distillery's like and what the experience is like for folks who've never been there well you know they say business style location 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 and truly this is a beautiful piece of property it's um, kind of on the upper end of Gatlinburg it's it's on the high side um, for those that haven't been to Gallenberg, when you drive in the, the parkway, the main drag runs right through the middle of all the businesses. Um, from pretty early down the street, you're looking up and you can see directly at our building. Wow. And then there's an inflection point there. So if you're coming from the park side, you can see our building from fairly far off. So you've got great, you know, we've got great visibility coming from both directions. We're um, at an intersection. Uh, so it's got good visibility. So we're right there on the corner and we're directly across the street from Ripley's, believe it or not. Um, so of course we worked with the architect on, you know, the visibility aspect of it. And we put our still, uh, right in the front, uh, a big window. So everybody from, you know, walking up and down the street or driving can see in and really see everything we do. And that's one of the things that we, we felt was important early on was, um, Kind of our openness and, you know, the fact that we have uh, nothing to hide and we like to, for everyone to be able to share and see, you know, what we're doing and sharing that experience. Mm -hmm. um, one of the beautiful things about Gallenberg, it's very unique, 
is it's uh, a walking city. Pretty much everyone comes to town and you park your car and you walk up and down the street. So you, we've got a lot of foot traffic going, you know, past our our place and people, you know, they walk by. We have big open doors on the front and you can smell the mash. Uh, so obviously it's a, you know, a unique smell that catches people's interest right away. And then they look in there and they see, you know, wow, there's moonshine, you know, let's, let's go in and sample. And for even those that, you know, think, oh, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure I like moonshine. Mm. You know, they think, well, you know, I'll give it a try. Um, there's just a lot of excitement. The atmosphere is just very fun, friendly. We've got incredible employees from all the way from, you know, bottling, distilling on our retail side, you know, just everybody's very, very friendly. Uh, our tastemakers are amazing. So they put on really a show. It becomes an experience while you're there. Uh, it's like going to an attraction, essentially. You're entertained for, you know, probably a good half hour uh, while you're sampling. You know, the guys are very funny, selling jokes and um, and just sharing, I guess, their passion for what we do. So that passion kind of permeates through all of our employees. And it's fun because, you know, you'll see people come in and it's hot outside and they got the family in tow and they're, you know, they might be a little, little tired or a little stressed and you can see maybe they're not all that happy. And, and then they walk in and, you know, somebody that thinks I don't like moonshine and they might have a little face going and they're not ready for it. <laughs> and then they get that first, you know, sample and they think, you know, wow, that's, that's really interesting. You know, I like that. And then they get that second sample and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're fully focused and they're, they're hanging on every word the tastemaker is saying, and they're just, they're really getting into it. And so all that stress of the day is just going away and our sipping posts are round. So you get about 25 people in a circle there sampling at one time and we mm. sample as a family. So as the tastemaker pours them all, um, he's telling them about it and what cocktails they can put in it and he's sharing jokes and, and then he has everybody drink at one time. So it becomes, um, just, a, it's an attraction. I mean, it's a fun, the energy just kind of spills around the table to everybody as they're taking their shots and, uh, sampling it and to just see people light up that maybe we're having a bad day and now all of a sudden they're having a blast. And so, um, you know, then we offer, you know, when they're done with that, we offer behind the scenes tours all day long. And so, you know, it's free tour. Come on back and we take them to every part of the distillery and show them what we're doing as we're doing it. Wow. That's awesome. That sounds, uh, definitely sounds like a great experience. Yeah. And it's great to be in this, uh, kind of tourist area. Everybody's sort of there to experience things. And so you guys are, are well poised for that, obviously. Yeah. One of the, you know, one of the great things about uh, that tourist area, you know, it's just been really uh, a key aspect of, of the business is that you get all these people walking through and even people that never would have thought about trying moonshine. Now they come in and think, wow, that's really good. I like that. And they've had a great experience. So if the product is good and they have a good experience, now they're buying, you know, buying a six pack and they're taking that home and that passion that our employees kind of transferred to them during their stay, it's amazing to see how these people then go home with that six pack and they share it with friends and family and they're transferring that passion onto them. And now we've mm. got basically ambassadors going to back to their home state and now they're asking for it in their liquor stores. Talk about the different flavors. So you mentioned a six pack. I have one of those in front of me. It's, you know, like a big cardboard box that's got 
that hold six jars of moonshine and they're all different flavors and some of them aren't even moonshine. So I think I've seen eight or nine variations of Sugarlands. How many do you guys have and and what does that even look like? What's the portfolio like? Sure, we have probably 20 different flavors now. Uh, and like you wow. said, not all of them are moonshine. So we've... You know, we've expanded beyond that. We have uh, three cream liqueurs, and we have a rum, uh, hazelnut wow. rum, and that's with one of our moonshiners. Uh, the cream liqueurs mm-hmm. are fairly new, and they've been really successful, very well received. Um, but really, we started off with seven flavors. It went to nine pretty quick, and we had that for a while. And then, then we just started playing around and expanding flavors. And uh, we decided at one point to get a little crazy with it and you know we had some we kind of opened it up to you know our distillers to say you know hey feel free to try anything you want to do let's just play around with it and see what you come up with and um, so we got some off the wall flavors and they've actually been really good like a peanut butter and jelly and that (laughs) that actually came from a local a relatively local moonshiner uh, really and, you know, we ended up bringing it in, but we were really not sure, you know, peanut butter and jelly moonshine. That just sounded a little crazy, a little too crazy and weren't really sure about it. But, uh, they talked about it being a really good seller for them. And, and, uh, you know, the woman was having some health issues and wasn't going to be able to continue working, um, for much longer. And so this was going to be a way that, you know, they could, uh, we could give, you know, a little bit back to them and, and so we said, well, let's go ahead and try it. So uh, one of our, our marketing guys, uh, really genius, uh, what he does, all of our branding, marketing, and he decided, you know, hey, let's come up with this outlandish series. Mm-hmm. And so that way, you know, people don't think, you know, this has to be all serious, you know, with the right, show. Right. You can get crazy with it. And so we came up with that and put peanut butter and jelly in it and then shortly thereafter we did a uh, maple bacon wow uh, which is dead again kind of off the wall like you know where does that come from but it's if you like bacon you can't you can't beat it it's it's really good the only thing better than eating bacon is drinking bacon i suppose right <laughs> right so talk about cocktails so uh we you know we're teaching people to make cocktails moonshine is a relatively new as far as being used in kind of craft bars and stuff like that. Talk about the cocktails that are sort of commonly made and maybe even unique to moonshine in general. Moonshine is very versatile. You know, most of our flavors, pretty much all of our flavors, you can just drink straight out of a jar. Okay. I mean, so you can chill it or pull it over ice, and they're all mm-hmm. designed, uh, made to be very drinkable straight out of the jar like that. Um, but they are great in cocktails, and that's where a lot of people don't even realize, you know, the versatility there and what they've got in front of them. So we've got a great, again, team of people, um, Reed Copeland, our general manager, and uh, DK, our assistant general manager, both, you know, spent a lot of time working in bars and as managers in bars, and they've done a wonderful job of coming up with uh, cocktails for for all of our moonshine. So for every flavor of moonshine we've got, you can go to our website mm-hmm. and they've got a, a list of cocktails and recipes of how to make them. And so we've actually a couple times you know, we've had groups of uh, mixologists get together and have kind of like a competition to see, you know, what they come up with uh, for making cocktails. And it's it's really exciting to see what, you know, what they come up with and really, really good drinks. Wow. 
So I was never a cocktail uh, person before, and uh, and so it really it's changed my attitude towards cocktails. Let's talk about the future. There's there's a specific thing I I can't wait to talk about because I've got my little bottle sitting here, and I know this is an exciting thing for you guys. So generally, moonshine is unaged, right? It's clear. It's it hasn't been aged or anything like that. But you guys have something that's right around the corner that is an aged product. So talk about Roaming Man. Absolutely. Um, very excited about Roaming Man. We, you know, we started off with moonshine and, and uh, certainly, you know, pay homage to the the history, the culture of the Appalachian, you know, mountains and moonshine is, is a huge part of that. Um, but very early on, we knew that we also wanted to to do something else and we wanted whiskey to be a part of it. So we, as soon as we were able to get barrels, um, which took a little while, but we started laying barrels down. And now we have finally reached that point where they're, uh, they're maturing quite nicely. And we've selected some of those barrels and we've had two releases of our Roaming Man straight rye whiskey. Uh, so a straight, it's got to be a minimum of two years old and you can't add any blenders or anything to it, which is very common with rye. Rye whiskey, uh, in particular, but um, and so this is uh, cask strength, just straight out of the barrel. Mm. It hasn't been cut at all. Our first two releases are right at that one, uh, about 123 proof. Yeah. So they're, um, you know, they're definitely high proof cask strength for people like that. Um, but unbelievably smooth uh, for such a high proof. It, you'd be shocked at, at that it's actually at that proof. Wow. The maturing that's going on in our, we've got a little storage uh, warehouse kind of right behind our building. So everything's been, actually everything was stored right in our building for quite a while. We had some, a lot of those barrels sitting in the windows uh, up front so people could see them. And uh, that actually turned out to be great because the sun that they got in the morning, uh, heating things up and you get that temperature change going on. And uh, that really helped with the aging process. And um so we've been we've been very excited. We've had two releases. They both sold out in like 24, 48 hours. Wow. And our third release is coming up here in beginning of November. How do people get it? Do they only get it at the distillery at this point? There's two ways of getting it at the moment. We're we're really not going into distribution with it. We don't have enough. It it is very very limited. Uh really only releasing a few barrels at a time. So you pretty much have to get it through our whiskey club. Uh-huh. And we have get on our website. We've got a, a link there to join our whiskey club, and then you get an email that will notify everybody of when it goes on uh, pre-sale. And so, starting at nine o'clock on whatever day it is, uh, you can call in and place your order. And then you have to come to the distillery. So that's the key. There is you have to come to the distillery to pick it up. Uh-huh. Uh, so. That's uh, an important part of it, but our whiskey club is really, really growing. And our first release went so fast, and everyone that purchased uh, were crying that they didn't get more when they had the <laughs> opportunity. So we uh, we released three barrels the second time um, to help to help with that, and it went uh, it went incredibly fast. So it's been very, very well received. Uh, we actually won a gold medal at the San Francisco International Spirits Competition. Wow. For which was exciting. So, you know, when you wait, you put something in a barrel and you don't know 
how good it's going to be or not, and it's really kind of a mystery, and you're just hoping for the best, and then you wait a couple of years and finally get to get it out. And so to to have the success it's had so far has been really exciting and encouraging. So as we continue to lay more, more barrels down and, and really gear up for the, the future of when we'll have a, a little more steady supply, but we're still – two, three years away from having a more steady supply. So it's going to be very limited for quite a while now. So now I'm torn. I've got, I've got my bottle from the second batch and I'm like, it's, it comes in this beautiful like gift case. And I'm like, so now do I save it forever? Because it's this, you know, cherished, precious (laughs) bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Or do I drink it? Because I love rye and I have this like incredibly unique cast, (laughs) cast strength rye. So now I'm really torn. You, you told me all all the things I want to hear, but I'm very excited that I have a bottle as well. So. Yeah, I wish I could help you with that. You really need a second bottle. Yeah, exactly. um, that's the key, and I think that's where people made the mistake their first uh, first time is they they really wish they had the second bottle so they could just not open it right. and keep it. Just the you know we've had a lot of people. It's great. It's our. It's the fans, people that have been following us from the beginning. Uh, there's a lot of people that come to Gallenberg two, three times a year, and they see you know everything new that's going on, and they see the growth and the excitement and the passion of our employees, and and they just feel like you know, hey, there's there's just something special going on. And so then when we were coming out with the whiskey, you know, there were a bunch of people that bought bottles that aren't going to open them, and just thinking, you know, I'm going to sit on this, and who knows, one day, right. uh, you know, but. But it's a really a shame not to open it and try it too. So um, you got to have two bottles. That's just what it comes down to. That's right. Yeah, I got to make the trip and join the whiskey club for sure. Well, well, that's very exciting. It's it's exciting to hear this uh, respect that you paid to kind of tr- the the history of Moonshining as a company. Uh, you've put yourself somewhere where people have fun and enjoy a visit to your distillery. You know, it's it's not this kind of industrial place it's a warm place that people are welcome at and then now of course there's this you know pretty rare rye whiskey that's that's coming out of barrels so it you know it sounds like a pretty great place to be and and i i bet you uh, have a pretty exciting job ahead of you and the company has a great future i've got probably the greatest job in the world so it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work a lot of long 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 days uh weeks months but um, it's, I'm excited about it and I couldn't be happier doing this. 